Welcome to episode 90. I'm your host, AJ, and I am back from my trip to Toronto. We took a couple weeks off. Zach was in Oregon. I was in Canada, and Zach will be back next week um, as he's had a, a, a busy week there. Uh, I know there's been some flight um, airport trouble with him, so hopefully everything's good with him, but he will be back next week. Um, there has been so much happening in the sports world while we've been gone. We've missed a lot. We've been posting a lot on Instagram and Twitter, trying to keep up with everything. Um, but when it comes to episodes, it's been, I think two weeks since we came out with one. So today we got the NHL draft. There was a perfect game in baseball. There's been NBA drama with free agency beginning tomorrow. Actually, Wimbledon is on Monday in the tennis world. And then we are going to be coming out with our NFL prediction episodes for every single NFL team again next week. So no NFL for this one for our football fans, but keep an eye out for next week. Um, like I said, the NHL draft was actually last night. It finished up today with rounds two through seven. I kind of want to talk about a little, uh, a couple things that happened here, um, a little bit about it, really focusing on the top five picks here. Obviously we've been waiting for it for, Honestly, if you if you were a hockey fan, if you are a hockey fan, you've been waiting for this for five, six years. Um, Connor Bedard is the number one pick in the NHL draft going to the Chicago Blackhawks. We knew the Blackhawks had uh, the number one pick for, I guess, just a couple weeks now. Uh, but we all knew it was going to be Bedard. He is going to be a ridiculous talent. He is so, I don't want to say awkward, Um with all the uh, publicity and the attention to him, but being a 17 year old kid, I can only imagine what's going through his head. He was uh, being bombarded by media and fans last night. Fans are already getting his jerseys. And so he goes number one to the Blackhawks. Number two, I predicted Fantilli, Adam Fantilli. I think a lot of hockey fans predicted Adam Fantilli from Michigan. And uh, the Ducks went a different direction. They got Leo Carlson, a six foot three center. Um, that's really silky smooth, great passer, can really put it in the net as well. So um, they got him with the number two pick. You can't go wrong at all. This is one of those drafts, those top five, six picks you can't really you can't really miss. So number three, Columbus got Fantilli, uh, the star from Michigan who led the nation in scoring this year. Uh, Will Smith went fourth to the Sharks, and the Canadians with the fifth pick got David Reinbacher. And if you were watching the draft, I made sure to post a video about this. Carey Price announced the pick for the Canadians, and he completely forgot Reinbacher's last name and froze for it seemed like an eternity watching it. It was it was so hard to watch. And I don't I don't want to put a lot of like blame on on Carey Price because we've all been there, maybe not behind a camera. Or in front of an audience, but we all we've all been in that situation where we completely brain fart and just forget everything that's going on. And he just did it at the worst possible time. I kind of feel for Reinbacher because it's not an easy name, first of all, but you wait your whole life to be drafted, and now and you get, you know, that that memory behind it is not um not a smooth one to say the least. So that was the top five picks. Uh, for our St. Louis Blues fans, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky was our first round pick with the tenth pick. Uh, got a couple other sweet or um, yeah, Swedes in the first round. Rounds two through seven got three forwards, three defensemen. There's a like a a trend going on here in St. Louis. I think it was four of the players that we drafted all have some kind of affiliation with Dvorsky. So they're trying to build some chemistry for uh, down the line. For people that aren't hockey fans listening to this, it's unlike the NBA or uh, 
uh, NFL, more like the MLB at times where these top five guys, like Bedard will be there next year as a 17. He'll be 18 by then, but he'll be in the in the lineup for the Blackhawks uh, playing every night. But Carlson, Fantilli, Will Smith, Rhinebacker, like all these guys, all these guys are under 19 years old. So it's hard to predict how long it will be for these guys uh, to not only make an impact, but literally just be on the ice in the NHL. So um, we see that in the MLB, in the NBA and NFL, it's like you're there right away. Um, obviously, NFL players have to spend um, three years at least in college before they can get drafted. But these NHL guys, you know, they can go back and play for college after being drafted and then join the team whenever they're done with their college career, whenever they want to hang it up college-wise. So very interesting. Um there was a Russian guy picked in the top 10 by Philly with the seventh pick. He's going to be um, another three years under contract in Russia over there. So he's not going to be here till like 2025, 2026. So it's stuff like that. It's really interesting. Uh, it's a, definitely a patience, patience game there. Besides the draft in hockey, there's been some trades going on. I thought there would be more trades on draft night. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, I think, really got it going. They got Kevin Hayes from Philadelphia for a sixth rounder in 2024, which I think is absolutely absolute steal for St. Louis. Um, sixth rounders don't really blossom very often. And getting a guy like Kevin Hayes, who um, may not be the most skilled guy, he can hop on your third line, even at times second line. He scored 18 goals last year. So um, on a Flyers team that didn't have any any talent. So. I think that's a great addition for St. Louis. The Penguins with a huge addition that I don't think people are talking about enough. Riley Smith reigning Stanley Cup champion from Vegas for a third rounder. Uh, I think it was in 2023. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be a 24 uh, for a third rounder. But Riley Smith is a Pittsburgh Penguin, which I think is a great addition for the Penguins. The Devils got Tyler Toffoli in a deal. Um, another great addition for the Devils. Their top two lines are looking scary next year. And then the Los Angeles Kings got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's had a couple great years in Winnipeg. But the return for, for Winnipeg is huge. And I think Winnipeg ends up winning this winning this trade. They get Velarde, Iafalo, Kuperi, and a second rounder. So big-time move. The Kings uh, obviously get Pierre-Luc Pierre Dubois, which is a great addition for them adds you know a potential 30 plus goal scorer on the other side winnipeg gets a lot in return which will definitely help them out so a lot happening in hockey right now we're going to have to keep up uh, with deals happening in these next uh, few weeks months here leading up to the season in october moving on to the baseball world though where for the first time since 2012 we witnessed a perfect game domingo herman against the Oakland Athletics, 27 up, 27 down. I think it was on 99 pitches. He was uber efficient. You didn't have to worry about him going into those you know, 110s, 120s of pitches. Um, for, like I said, first perfect game in MLB since 2012 when King Felix did it. Uh, a White Sox pitcher, and a, I can't believe I'm forgetting it right now, in 2012 also had one, and then Matt Cain in 2012 also had one as well. It was the fourth, uh, Domingo Herman is the fourth Yankee to ever have a perfect game. And that's the only, the 24th perfect game in roughly 125 years of baseball. So that's how rare this is. I saw somebody say this earlier and it made a lot of sense and kind of hit kind of crazy. Not only 
was it the first perfect game in the MLB since 2012? You have to look at like the age and like the years in between that, like the age of guys. So that's 11 years. Like I was 12 years old and now I'm, you know, 23 and uh, an adult. So it's like, it's just crazy to think of that. Like um, just young guys, you know, that were kids are now adults before seeing another perfect game. So that's, that's how we really need to, uh, that's how important this is and how we really need to uh, appreciate this moment. Now, Domingo Herman has had some issues in the past, this year even, with sticky substance abuse and even off-the-field abuse. There's been uh, some issues with Domingo Herman On the field, though, uh, a great moment. Speaking of uh, great moments, Shohei Otani is leading or, or delivering great moments nightly in baseball. And not only is this dude, without a doubt, the best player in baseball, he is having... Half almost halfway through the season, I think we're like a game or two away. He is having one of the greatest half seasons we have ever seen. And I cannot imagine what his numbers are going to look like by the end of the year. He has had 14 homers in June, which is a franchise record for the Angels. He now has 29 homers on the year. The other night he had two homers and 10 strikeouts on the mound. Let's uh, take a look at his stats here. 29 homers. 66 RBIs. He's batting 309 with a 1058 OPS. He is seven and three on the mound with a 302 ERA, a 104 whip with 127 strikeouts, which is third in baseball behind Spencer Strider and Kevin Gosman. He has been elite on the mound and the best hitter in baseball uh, at the plate. He has been ridiculous. I have another crazy stat here. Let's take a look at the top 10 home run leaders from the last three years. And let's look at the triples that they have. Aaron Judge, no triples. Vladimir Guerrero, one triple. Salvador Perez, one triple. Matt Olson, one triple. Rafael Devers, two triples. Austin Riley, three triples. Jordan Alvarez, three triples. Pete Alonso, four triples. Kyle Schorber, four triples. Shohei Otani, 19 triples and that's not even looking at you know potential stolen bases as well because i'm looking at these names these are not stolen base guys these are solely power guys and i think that's a testament to how insane shohei otani is uh he, he has no weakness he's hitting for average he's hitting for power he's fast he has 11 stolen bases so far this year he's had 20 plus in the past he is the face of baseball and uh he is in my opinion, the greatest athlete on earth right now. And we can have a conversation later in his career if he's the greatest athlete of all time. There's one team I want to talk about today. <clears throat> the Miami Marlins are going extremely under the radar right now. Everybody in the East, in L East, are talking about how the Mets have been just a huge disappointment and struggling. Then you have, obviously, well-deserved the Atlanta Braves, who are the best team in baseball, in my opinion, favorites of mine personally to win it all. Uh, they're leading that division, but the Miami Marlins are 48 and 34, 14 games over 500 after their win tonight. I mean, you look at their roster and it doesn't like really pop out to you. They've had a couple guys pop off this year, though. Luisa Rise, obviously, we've, we've uh, talked a lot about him on here, betting 396, that whole race for 400. Jorge Soler has been their power with 21 homers. Uh, Jazz Chisholm has missed some time and he has just returned 
this past series against the Red Sox, and he has brought a whole new level of energy to that squad. And uh, he's that type of guy. Those little things. I saw. It, I saw it today. Actually, he hits one past the first baseman and he stretches it out to second base, and uh, you know just barely gets in, and then is celebrating with the dugout. Just those little things that just he provides that energy and that swag and that style and um, that the Marlins are are rolling right now with. On the mound, when it comes to their bullpen, it's very solid. Uh, not a lot of guys that will pop off the charts when you just look at their names. But Sandy Alcantara was obviously the Cy Young Award winner last year. He's been an ace. He has been very poor this year, as we've talked about before. His ERA is now under five, but it's sitting at like four nine six. And just imagine where they can be if he turns it around. I think they really have a legit shot of making the playoffs. The division's tough. I think they're sitting like four or five games out and the Atlanta Braves aren't going to slow down. So that's going to be tough to, uh, tough to reach, but just imagine if Sandy can really turn it on, which I honestly believe if I'm a betting guy, I would bet on Sandy Alcantara to turn this season around. Hey, Jesus Lazardo has been good for them. Braxton Garrett's been good for them and the rotation, but uh, Sandy is the key. We've talked about with the blue Jays, how Alec Manoa is the key over there. Even, you know, with how good Kevin Gaussman is, if Alec Manoa can somehow get back right, which I made a video about this, he gave up 11 runs in his uh, Florida, comp- Florida Complex League start. So it's not looking great for this season for Alec Manoa. But just imagine what this Marlins team can do if Sandy can can continue his success from last year. He's been on a little bit of a hot streak right here. Uh, lately, I think he went seven innings, one run in his last start. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they work him like a workhorse more than probably anybody in baseball. I mentioned Kevin Gosman. I love me myself, some Kevin Gosman. Uh, the blue Jays kind of do that the same with him. There's not really a pitch count with these guys. It's more of an eye test. I just don't want to see Sandy get overworked, which, uh, I think slightly has to do uh, with his struggles so far this year. But with the Marlins being 14 games over, uh, a lot of people uh, are talking about like the Los Angeles Angels being six over and how they're going to be buyers at the deadline. They have to. You have Trout. You have Otani. You have a chance this year to make a wild card or even win the division. The Rangers are like five over, um, five over them right now in that division. But the Marlins are complete buyers, in my opinion. 14 games over, and uh, in my opinion. If you're if you're the Miami Marlins, you got to go get more pitching. Uh, I've talked about Sandy a while there, and I do expect him to turn it around. But you need some more pitching just in case. Maybe even a bullpen guy as well, even though their bullpen has been great. Um, I think a starter would be great there, and I don't know who exactly off the top of my head. Um, and then also offensively, they're getting by with Luisa Rise and Jorge Soler. Like Gene Segura has not been great for them. Uh, Birdie John John Birdie's been in and out of the lineup due to injuries and, and what whatever. So I think they need another bat. I think they need another power bat. Like Soler's hit a lot of bombs for them. They don't have a lot of power besides that. Brian De La Cruz has been a good addition. Not addition. He's been there, but a, a good piece for them uh, as well. So. I, I'm all in on the Marlins, um, and I'm all in on that Luisa Rise MVP case. If they end up making like a wild card spot and Luisa Rise hits 400, I don't care if he has two homers. Luisa Rise, he is an MVP candidate. Like I know Acuna is the favorite, and Acuna was my pick coming into the season. Acuna is my pick right now for sure. And it's going to be hard now thinking about it to kind of beat 
what Ronald Acuna's numbers are going to look like. Kind of like in the in the American League, like it's impossible. Like it's Otani's award right now. In comparison to the NHL, uh, kind of we knew that with with um, uh, McDavid, Connor McDavid, that it was his MVP, you know, all year, and uh, that's how it is with Otani. But in the National League, I I do give it to Acuna, but you got to pay attention. Like no, it doesn't happen very often <laughs> that guys hit four hundred in in baseball. So uh, I think the last time was I think Ted Williams back in the forties and. Um, so I know Tony Gwynn got pretty close there. Um, but I don't know. 396. I think he has a chance. I, th- I think Luisa rise legitimately, ha- legitimately has a chance to do this. Um, so I hope, I hope he gets it. I hope the Marlins go deep in the postseason here in St. Louis with the Cardinals struggling so much. Of course, I hope we turn it around, but, uh, I'm all in on the Marlins. So I hope they can continue their success before we wrap up this episode. It's a shorter episode for this one. Let's talk about some NBA. Now, there's not a whole lot that to talk about yet. I know the NBA draft happened last week, and I was in Toronto for the draft at a Toronto Raptors draft party, which was so cool um, to be to be a, to be a part of. They got Grady Dick, and uh, that was a lot of fun. But um, I don't really want to talk about the draft today. Free agency starts tomorrow on June 30th. Um, and there's a couple big names on the market. Even in trades, there's a couple big names on the market. So like James Harden um, bought Biden on his uh, on his contract with Philly. So he's there right now, but he's already talking with trades. And, you know, we've had the Damian Lillard trade talks for a while. So I really want to focus on because there's nobody really that's been moved yet. I know Harrison Barnes was moved today, but he's not like a, a you know, a big piece that's going to make a big move. He stayed with the Kings on a three-year deal. I want to give my predictions for about, I think I have 12 guys here, um, either trade talk or free agency moves. I'm going to give my predictions on where these guys are going to go uh, in free agency, in trades, whatever it, it may be. So starting with Kyrie Irving, he said he's going to meet with the Phoenix Suns coming up here. And I... <laughs> the Phoenix Suns already got Bradley Beal. Like, there's literally no way, money wise, they can afford to pay Kyrie Irving. So I really don't know what that whole thing's about. I think Kyrie is is a toxic guy, and I think the NBA as a whole agrees with that. I think he just stays with Dallas, or if he doesn't stay with Dallas, I think he does that thing where he kind of just sits out and you know waits uh, for for the, the right team or a team to give him a chance type of deal. I think he stays in Dallas, though, and returns there. Uh, but Dallas has a lot of work to do, for sure, um, when it comes to like role players and pieces around him and Luka. Um, with James Harden, I think he's a sixer right now. I think he gets moved to the Clippers. I think they're going to have a big three of James Harden, um, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, and we'll see if they can stay healthy. But I do think he will be a Clipper. James Harden moves around a lot for being a superstar. And I know he's not the same James Harden, but we've seen he can be a offensive guru um, and just so dominant, either passing the ball or scoring the ball. Postseason is obviously, it's obviously known he has had uh, several uh, collapses uh, in certain years, but I do think he will be a clipper. Chris Middleton is a huge name that 
all the attention is going to Kyrie and Harden, but Chris Milton's a guy that can just light it up if he's healthy. Last year was really his only year, missing a lot of games. I do think as a free agent, he will re-sign with the Bucs. I think they have something too good there for him to move away, unless he wants to kind of make a name for himself. He's He's been overshadowed by Giannis, des- deservingly so, but I do think Milton will be a Buck, but it wouldn't surprise me if he tried to move somewhere and uh, became the first option or like a 1A, 1B type of situation. Damian Lillard, a lot of talks about him with Miami and being traded. I do not think the Blazers trade him. I think he will be a Blazer for 2023-2024. The only team, and I, I just mentioned it, but the only team I think that could get him, if he was going to be moved, he would go here, would be Miami. Off the top of my head as I'm talking, New York would be a very interesting fit. I think he would be huge there, not only in that market. Uh, I think he would help that team immensely. Him and Jalen Brunson in the backcourt would be great, in my opinion. Um, I do think he will he will be a Blazer, though. I think he's too committed to that city, and I think he really believes him and Scoot Henderson can be something great. Now, how quickly can Scoot Henderson become elite and great is is the question because Damian Lillard is in his early 30s you know you don't have a whole lot of time there if he's wanting to win now which he's made it very vocal about um Draymond Green I do believe he stays with the Warriors now there's one other team um that I do think he could be a part of that would be a tremendous fit is the Sacramento Kings. And I think there's a small possibility that happens. I made a whole video earlier this year about how the Sacramento Kings are like a a lower level uh, Golden State Warriors. They run the same offense. And I really think he would fit in that system great. But I do think he does uh, go back to Golden State. I know there's that Michigan connection, Michigan State. So I know some people have discussed maybe the Detroit Pistons as a veteran presence. And I don't think that's an awful, awful idea. Uh, but he, if he wants to win now, which he he is a winner, if you hate Draymond or love him, you have to admit um, he is a winner. He's won four four rings now. So, and he's had a huge part in all four rings. He's not a huge scorer, but he's great defensively, and he uh, delivers the ball uh, with the best of them with with Steph and Clay. So. It's interesting I, with Draymond. It's the first time we've had to face Draymond at free agency uh, or one of those big three over there in Golden State with Clay and, and Steph uh, in free agency for a while here. But I do think he will return to the Warriors if I had to guess. But keep an eye on the Kings and, and keep a slight eye on the Pistons as well. I got the Fred Van Vliet um, jersey behind me here. I almost pointed this way at LeBron, but uh, I have the Fred Van Vliet jersey behind me. And Fred is the free agent. And he's asking for a lot of money. And rumors are that the Rockets are where he will be heading as soon as tomorrow. And I'm going to uh, lean that way as well. I hope he stays in Toronto. I love the dude. But I do think he will be a Rocket, which kind of boggles my mind because they have Jalen Green and Kevin Porter and now the Thompson twins. So, like, I don't think he's going to be a – I don't know. Somebody's going to lose minutes and uh, probably not be a great team because of how young they are. So. I don't know. I know there's been James Harden rumors to back to Houston. I don't think that's going to happen. Fred Van Vliet to Houston is my prediction. Now let's get into some more role players that will play huge when it comes to the championship next year. These guys, wherever these 
really three of these four guys, three of these five guys, wherever these three guys, these next three guys land, I think you have to keep an eye on because if you're a top eight team, anywhere in that one to eight range in the NBA, if you get one of these guys, they can be that piece that can lift you over the top. So I don't even have Dante DiVincenzo on this list. He's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Let's start with reigning champion Bruce Brown. I am so torn with this because honestly, the Lakers have had a lot of talks with him. And as much as Bruce Brown drove me nuts last postseason, especially playing against him, he would be a great addition for the Lakers. No matter where he goes, he has really developed from the second round pick from Miami to, you know, literally a guy that can start in your lineup, come off the bench, can ball handle, can, can, he's improved his shooting so much. He can really shoot uh, very well from the outside, can attack the rim. He's a high flyer, underrated defender, in my opinion, uh, intense guy. One of those guys is just scrappy and gets on the floor. I think he will be a Laker. If he's not, I think the Nuggets hold on to him. I think it's honestly between the Lakers and Nuggets. I will go Lakers there. Brooke Lopez from the Milwaukee Bucks is a free agent. And <laughs> you guys are going to roast me, I'm sure. I think he's a Laker as well. Um, he's got that connection there from the past. The Lakers really need a big man. The Lakers have money. I think they go all in on Brooke Lopez, and I think they get him. The other team really interesting to me for Brooke Lopez and uh, when it comes to fit is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that would be a great fit uh, as like a veteran guy to go with Shea and, and Chet and kind of help Chet learn. Um, I think that would be a great fit. I will go Lakers there as well, though, just because. Um, Eric Gordon is the third guy that I really want to talk about here. Eric's older veteran guy. Where can he go to be that three and D guy more three than D, but, um, that can really light it up from the outside, be a spot up shooter, and then be that veteran presence. I think Milwaukee would be a great fit. And I think the Phoenix Suns would be a great fit. Now, Suns don't have a lot of money left. As I mentioned with the Kyrie situation after getting Bradley Beal, um, but I think Eric Gordon would be a great fit for the Bucks or the Suns uh, to to be able to stay in that one to eight range to compete for a championship. And for Eric Gordon at his, at this point of his career, wanting championships, wanting uh, you know deep runs in the postseason, those would be two teams that I could see fitting. The Bucks are a team we need to talk about moving forward a little bit because let's say Chris Milton leaves and let's say Brooke Lopez leaves, Javon Carter's a, a big piece of that roster that's been talks that he's going to be moving as well it's going to be interesting to see what the bucks look like next year obviously Giannis and drew holiday but those they've been so good because of their role pieces i want to see uh, what the role pieces look like next year i got two more names here for you russell westbrook which i don't think there's going to be much interest for russell he had a great resurgence with the clippers but after everything that's going going on I don't think it's like a Carmelo Anthony situation. I do think Russ is on a team, but I don't think there's going to be like a bunch of teams just fighting over him. I do believe, since I said Damian Lillard will stay with the Blazers, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook to the Miami Heat, I could see it happening. Now, he's got a... We saw it with the Clippers. He really bought in, and he cut down the turnovers a little bit. Uh, he's going to have to do that with Miami. And he's he's an intense guy that that you know lays it all on the court every night that fits Miami's mold. I think uh, Miami would be a good fit for him, and I think Spolstra would really help help him out there. 
not saying that Westbrook needs a whole lot of help because I mean he's 34 years old. There's not a whole much whole lot he can learn that he doesn't already know. Uh, but I think Miami would be a good fit for him. And I think that would help Miami. Um now Miami's in a tough situation because I, I really think they're one superstar. Like they need a superstar, in my opinion, uh, to to get over that complete hump. But uh I do have one last name here, and he's currently a blazer. But Jeremy Grant and there's two teams that have um, caught my eye with Jeremy Grant. One of them is the Blazers. I think, in my opinion, he will resign there, and I think it's a great fit for him and the Blazers. Is that three and D guy? Um, he has really developed as a player over these last few years. The other team that uh, really needs a three and D guy more, you know, a bigger role. Honestly, Jeremy Grant would play with this team, but the Dallas Mavericks. You get Kyrie back, you get Luca, and you get Jeremy Grant as like a third option. I think that's a really good fit for him. Uh, but I do think the Blazers go on in to get him back. And this Blazers lineup with Scoot Henderson, Damian Lillard, Nurkic, uh, Jeremy Grant, like that, they have some pieces. Uh, Shaden Sharp, let's see what kind of growth he has. Anthony Simons as well. Uh, Anthony Simons is a name that I would be interested to see how much he would be worth. Because uh, as a Toronto Raptors fan, I think that would be a good. Uh, good fit, but we'll see um, where these guys go. And uh, the best place to do it is following us on Instagram and on Twitter because we are going to be posting every free agency signing in the NHL and the NBA, um, as well as um, you know every trade going down as well. So make sure to go follow us, A2Z Sports Talk, on um, Instagram, on Twitter, uh, to keep up with all of that. That kind of wraps it up for me today, though. Um, we have our NFL team prediction episodes back next week, somewhere in the middle of next week. Um, we are going to we're going to film a bunch and uh, you know rattle out two a week uh, coming out here. Now that the NBA playoffs have wrapped up, the NHL playoffs have wrapped up. We are finally, and this is so exciting, we are finally getting back to our special guest episodes, and we have a tremendous special guest on uh, next Monday. She'll be she'll be with us. I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'm going to post about her on Instagram. And uh, so you guys can go check it out there. But that will be out on Monday. That's going to be a great episode. Zach will be back later next week, somewhere between you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. Zach will be back with me. Uh, but I will see you guys on Monday with the special guest episode and uh, quite possibly episode 91 as well. We'll see. But definitely the uh, the episode with our our uh, next special guest. So make sure to go check that out when that comes out. Like I said earlier, follow us on all of our platforms, A2Z Sports Talk. But besides that, everybody have a tremendous weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday.